because you have a loved one with a developmental disability, there's this overhanging, looming question of who will be there for your loved one for a time when you can't be. And I've worked with hundreds of families who have a loved one with a developmental disability, and I know that you are your loved one's safety net, right? You're there for them, you have their back, but who's going to be there for them when you can't be, right? This is a fear that keeps many of us, many family members up at night. And many families are struggling to answer this question. So in this video, together, we're gonna think through what the best answer is for your loved one. So let me tell you a story. If you're a family like my family, right? We assumed, my family assumed, me, my mom, my dad, assumed that paid people would be there for my sister. You know, like when I say paid people, paid support workers. Right, uh, you know, and the good thing is, is that they're often around my sister's age and they get along with my sister well and provide some social interaction, all great, right? Well, not so much, there's one big problem. In my sister's experience, in my family's experience, 99% of these paid support workers, right, leave. They act like my sister's friend, but they're not actually my sister's friend. When they're, you know, life, uh, events change or they go to get another job or whatever it is, move away, they don't stay in contact. And this is repeated over and over and over. Like, and to give you, you know, how did I come up with, nine, come up with 99%? You know, my sister's had over 200 paid people in her life so far, right? Helping her with personal support, supporting the community, help with speech, mobility, the list goes on and on and on. Of those 200 people, how many of them stayed in my sister's life after no longer working with her, three, right? So not quite 99%, but it's like 98.5%, okay? So we need to be aware of this, right? We can't just bank on paid supporters being there because they act like a friend, but they do they really have our loved one's best interest in mind? Are they really gonna be there? Most likely not. So we know that, you know, based on this, Paid supporters are not the answer for who's going to be there for our loved one, who's gonna have our loved one's best interest in mind. And this story is played out over and over and over again with the families that I've worked with. Maybe you've experienced this with paid supporters acting like the friend and then leaving as well and never hearing from them again. Also, the answer is not other neurodivergent folks, right? Neurodivergent folks are great for, you know, having friendships, right? That's fantastic, but they are not the people that are going to have your loved ones back over the long term. Because if you think about uh, what your loved one's gonna need in the long term is help to make decisions, help to figure out what's right for them. And other neurodivergent folks are also trying to figure that out for themselves, or maybe they're looking for the same type of support. So if it's not paid supporters, it's not other neurodivergent folks, then who? What's the answer? And most likely the right answer, or the best answer for your loved one is neurotypical people who are in freely given relationships with your loved one. Why? Well, they stick around. They have your loved one's back, right? And they like your loved one and love your loved one for who they are. Now, the question is, how do you get those people, right? You're most likely thinking like, yes, this is the answer, but there, sometimes you can feel like there is no one. So I often talk about this concept of a support circle. And in this video, I'm gonna simplify a support circle even further and give you just the next step you can take. But if you wanna learn more about support circles, 
you can click on a video at the end. They'll have it at the end of this video for you. Okay, so I'll link to it at the end of this video. And I'll put it the link in the show notes as well. Um, so you can go and get those. So, but for right now, I wanna start very simple. I just want you thinking about who is just one neurotypical person that's not paid, that would be interested in getting to know your loved one more, maybe spending a little bit of time with them. It could be, you know, I'll give you some ideas. It could be a sibling, it could be a cousin, it could be a neighbor, it could be a previous support worker, it could be a church member. It could be anyone who's shown an interest in your loved one, right? And I mentioned previous paid support worker because there are that, you know, that one or 2% that do stick around and do remain in friendship. Okay, so previous paid support workers who are interested in sticking around your loved one's life where there's a real friendship, great. So I want you to identify that one person and you can help to facilitate that connection between that person and your loved one. It could be, you know, try and find a common interest, right? Or something that uh, would bring that person and your loved one together. It could be going for a walk. It could be texting each other funny pictures or memes, right? Uh, it could be doing a video chat you know, once a week or once every couple of weeks, once a month. It could be playing a game together in person or online. It could be just sharing a general interest that they have together. Maybe it's a specific type of movie or something like that. So the options here are really limitless. The key here is that relationships take time. That's why I'm giving you one simple step. They take time, they take intention. So I want you to be playing the long game here, right? invest in those freely given neurotypical relationships. And over time, your loved one's gonna have more people in their life that care about them and who have their back, right? Especially for a time when you can't be there. And even if that's 20, 30, 40 years down the road, it's wise to be investing in this now, right? Because it benefits your loved one now in terms of their mental health, their happiness, their feeling connected to other people, but there's a huge long-term benefit that, um, that you're thinking about as well. So I know that you are your loved one's safety net, right? Now I mentioned support circles. So if you're interested in learning more about support circles, uh, you can click the video right over here and I'll help you think about what a support circle could look like for your loved one, help you to get started. And if this video is helpful for you, go ahead and like this video. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the channel to get more videos just like this one as soon as they are released. So I'm Eric Gall. Together, let's take a small step forward.